Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisper and Brew. Uh, just getting everything set up. We were pretty pressed for time today. Um, hello, welcome to the Dual Position Podcast. I'm your host, CSE Whisperer, joined as always by the illustrious Brew SC22. Howdy, mate. Not bad, buddy. How are you? Good, it was mate. certainly a rush, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we we had the we had the pre-stream sort of graphic running, and, and none of us were ready. So we we're on time. We're good. How, mate, how did you end up? How did lockout treat you uh, after this the, this morning? Uh, I think I finished twelve seventy two. I think I downgraded slightly, and I got green arrows. I know that I'm about ten k now. I think 10, 8, 10, 8. 10, 8, 3, yeah. 7. yeah so. Green Arrows is good um, for the Rams Resurgence. We actually upgraded. We went from 13.2 to 13.22. It's not nothing huge. Um, that sees us into 127th. So making some moves, climbing up. Um, all the podcasts are actually doing really well. Shout out to the Supercoach Experience guys. I know they're killing it. Um, Savs, Moody, and uh, I know Jakey, that he's having well. Uh, the physio, he's doing exceptional things. Uh, and then obviously some of our regulars over on the Twitter space have been killing it. There are police outside my door. No, never good. Um, just a couple of quick housekeeping things. For anyone watching on YouTube, you can see there's like a like a donation thing there. Um, never really wanted to do anything for money, but plenty of people have reached out. So if you do want to drop Brew and I a few bucks, it just goes to help keeping the lights turned on and, and running all this stuff, paying for all the subscriptions and stuff. And for you guys listening on the podcast feed, I'll I'll leave the PayPal link in the description if any of you want to help out. Um, if not, don't stress this. This stuff will be staying free as always. But moving on to the more pressing stuff this week, it's I think it's a weird week, Brewski. Like I, I think it's nothing really stands out off the face of the things and we'll try and break some stuff down today. But off the sur- like on the surface, nothing really stands out, does it? Yeah, I thought a bit stood out actually. There was um, oh, for, for, some names for, that for, popped for, up that for, I was like, for TLT, you know. for TLT, yeah. But for like just for like pressing super coach issues, like no one screams like buy me now oh. or, or sell me now. Like it's just kind of a. I think it's going to be a very much just a, a passive week. Yeah, I, I kind of hope that means that teams become a little bit more unique, and yeah. you know, people start going in different directions. Like last week. You know, there was a few guys, but it seemed like most people were looking to buy the same people. And I, I don't know if that's going to be the case this week. Um, someone in the chat said, am I going to be more secretive about my trades? Absolutely not. I don't care. Like, if if people above me want to snipe me, then, like, cool. <laughs> like, I don't care. Um, I think it's going to be fun to document the whole journey. And, like, I wish I had you on all last year. Like, obviously, I got you on midway through the season and sort of got your trades for the back end. And you finished 100th. I think it's going to be cool to document sort of the whole season. And no, nah, I'm not going to keep anything secretive. I'm still a long way off the top anyway. Like if I was 10th, 
yeah, maybe, but not at 130th or whatever I am. Um, but moving on to TLT, you said there was a, a couple of things, a, a bit, bit of moving week. We get all our origin guns back. So off straight off the bat, DC returns. Cotter also returns. Ryan Pappenhausen on the extended bench. Look, I don't know what it's I'm doing. It's always going to be the case. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing with trades this week, but like, boy, I'm very tempted to go early on Pat. But the NRL physio, Brian said he made a great point about coming back from hamstring injuries. And I don't know if I'm in the position to be making rash trades like that. Like you, if you want to throw shit at the wall and, and hope it sticks, I think you're in a better position to try Pappenhausen than I am. But I've he, still got Pappenhausen. You, I'm just happy to see his name. <laughs> You've held him this whole time. So it is it is handy. I think the big battle this week, though, it'll actually be inter-team. I think Dean Aramia versus Grant Anderson will be very, very pressing as to who holds that spot. Because as we touched on yesterday, mate, Grant Anderson did himself, like, he didn't do anything wrong to not lose the spot. And Aramia wasn't wasn't fantastic. So it'd be very interesting to see because Grant Anderson could be uh, very relevant for the back end of the season. He could be a great enough and a great way to free up a lot of cash for the aforementioned Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah. And I don't really have an avenue to get him this week without, you know, say selling Cooler, who finally, you know, went negative break even last week. So I'm kind of happy just to hope that he pops up in the next week or two as a buyer, but not this week. Moving on, we have Branko Lee named at centre for the Broncos because they have half of half of that city is out with injury. Payne Haas has also been named. Now, that one, it's a bit tricky because a lot of people are keen to sell him and a lot of people still are keen to sell him, but him being named if you hold, kind of forces you to play him. Oh, you would think so at that price, you know. I'll tell you, holding 900 grand worth of Pappy for the last six weeks has hurt me big time in the rankings. It kind of saw my downfall from the green arrows to the red arrows. So holding money can certainly be a concern. I'm shocked by his ownership. I was going through today just having a casual look at just general ownership still of huge. players across the board, and Haas is still at like 29 30%. It was crazy. 50% at the start of the season, and then it's dropped off a little bit. Um, Sifa Talakai, after being mm. the world's most wanted man, uh, many, 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 many uh, conflicting reports about his status. Looks like he's been named. Uh, Supercoach, whoever does the, the note writing for Supercoach, um, they put in the little player profiles that he was set to miss two weeks for bringing the game into um, disrepute or whatever the, the actual terminology is. But looks like he, he hasn't actually been given a suspension or if, if he has at time of recording, nothing formal. So it looks like Talakai is still all systems go, which is handy. They're playing the Titans this week and that could be an absolute bloodbath. Um, Ewan Aiken is also out this week as well. And Ronaldo Volkman, uh, is he a Roosters junior or is he just sort of in your system? Is he a Roosters junior? I don't know. Is anyone a Roosters junior? I, I, honestly, I, I I don't know, but I know he was he was tearing it up for North Sydney. So I was kind of hoping we'd hold him and Kiri would move on and he could maybe move in. But um, I was hoping he wouldn't. I, I'm play happy this to year see him all. play. I was hoping he wouldn't play at all because then we get him next year for the cheap. But he does get his debut in the NRL. And uh, for anyone that's watched New South Wales Carp or watched even the trials that started this year, like he he was killing it for the Bears. And um, yeah, really keen to see him. It's tough. He's coming in against the Panthers. Not an ideal uh, first game into the NRL, but uh, the kid's definitely got talent. Um, AFB also on the extended bench as well. And our boy Paul Momorowski been dropped, I think, or if he's, if he's injured, I don't know about it. But Billy Smith is in for the Roosters. Uh, Jordan Rapiner returns. Adam Dewey is back for the Tigers. Lucio Lua has put his foot in the ground and said, I'm not playing anymore. And he's trying to push that early move to the North Queensland Cowboys. And that sees Kelma Tuolagi get the start. It also sees Luke Garner move to the back row. Now, at Jewel Centre and 2RF, 
Any love for Luke Garner playing round 17 by? He's, he's looked very, very good in the centres. Yeah, six weeks ago, I was talking to guys at work saying Luke Garner could be a great jewel to have come the buy, and now it's kind of public knowledge, and he's sin- kind of since gone on a little bit of a tear. If you look at his scores, he's got plenty of 70s and 80s in there. I don't hate the option. I think he's about 485. He's been playing 80 minutes. Tigers next couple of matches at least uh you know handsome matchups i think they've got dogs warriors something like that so yeah i certainly don't hate it as a little sneaky going into the buy yeah i'm uh, i'm i'm looking it off i'm looking at it the problem with my side is though mate i've got a plethora of depth and we'll touch on this in the trade talk like i need to start trimming some of the fat because the way that my reserves are structured this week max king adam elliott nat butcher uh ezra mam daniel tupo are all not playing in my side. They're all basically NPRs, so I have a lot of depth, which is it's great because I can trim those guys and bring in the guns. Like I can I can trade out a King and uh, Tupo and bring in a Pappenhausen. Like you know what I mean? Like I've got plenty of money on the bench there to move on, and my team value is pushing nearly fourteen million dollars. So um, we've definitely made some good investments, but I don't know if I can bring in any more of these sort of mid-range guys. I think I'm sort of capped out, unfortunately. No, I think you've got to gun and cow it from now on pretty yeah, much. Yeah, you know, I, cash out and upgrade. Definitely, definitely my in plan. In that position. Definitely my My plan. depth is shit, so you're in a that's why I guess you're ranked the way you are. You've made the right decisions, you've built a good squad and now you're prospering. You're gonna to get to that stage where you're cursing every week looking at your NPRs, I think. Yeah, it's getting to the stage now where I can basically like for example, if I was gonna make moves this week, it'd be like double nuff. I'd like go Grant Anderson and like Maverick Guy or like and just bring in two two nuffs, have like 1.1 million on the bench and then next week just go hard just go like Clemmer and Pappenhausen like I've got the money there to do it so um, plenty of depth there and we'll touch on that in the trade talk this week because it is pretty uh, pretty up in the air as to what we're going to do if, if we move on to the most bought most sold there's actually some pretty interesting trends this week mate most bought no surprise I would say after his double try heroics on debut was Grant Anderson uh, brought in by 8.5% of teams only available at centre wing but is bottom dollar price. Looks like he's going to be playing this week, if no Pappenhausen. But as we said in the Teamless Tuesday news, who knows what's going to happen with him and Eremia. Are we a little bit premature or are people sort of just out of desperation for some cash or is there some better options for, for Grant Anderson being the number one pick? I'm not sure there's better cash out options this week because it's really, especially up front, there's just no options up in the forwards for cheapies. But... I've still got a case of the I got burnt by the people's champs, so I'm certainly not doing it this week. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, definitely, it's it's one that I'll be looking at very closely for next week. Uh, number two on the most bought list is your boy, Jason Tamalolo. Now, we had our disagreements last week, um, but it seems like he's picking up some more traction after a great performance. I said my worries yesterday about Ruben Cotter being back in the side as to how his minutes are going. If we were buying, would you wait one more week just to see how the Cotter-Lolo dynamic goes? No, I wouldn't say he's he's one of the two guys that I'm firmly looking at to bring in this week. It just depends if I factor in, you know, the extra bye week and the total points over that period. I think long-term Tamalolo is the play, but um, I am looking at another fella as well. He's got a negative five break even. I don't think he's going to get any cheaper than what he is right now. So I think it's kind of now or never. I think if you wait till next week, you know, Anderson will be there to buy or this person will come up and you'll just have other things that you need to attend to and he'll go by the wayside. So it's kind of now or never, I think. 
definitely, definitely understand that. Uh, plenty of non-believers last week. Ezra Mam still the third most traded in player this week with 5% of teams bringing him in. Made owners a cool 137k. Uh, looks like the, the non-believers are finally jumping on board. Yeah, but I think people have this daydream that he's going to hit 600k. 600k is not as easy as what it sounds. We have to see how he goes this week. He's obviously got the storm. You know, if he goes low this week, you know, then it will won't halt his cash immediately, but it will limit it in the coming weeks. So just keep that in mind. He's had his real juicy price rise. He's probably not going to end up having, you know, more weeks of 135 cash increase. Still a minus 51 break even, so still some potential to go big. I see him capping out at sort of the, the, the high 400s, low fives, uh, maybe yep. maybe 510k is sort of where we pinpoint, which is still a huge. Um, it's not just the storm that he has to contend with this week either, Brew. He's also got to contend with Tyrone Roberts as his halves partner. Obviously, no Tyson Gamble, no Adam Reynolds. So uh, Tyrone Roberts comes into the seven jersey, which will be uh, a big test for Ezra. Um, I'm definitely not playing him at all this week. I, I don't really care. His last three scores have been great. I'm, I'm just, I don't have the confidence to play him this week. Uh, number four, at just under 600K, it's dual position, two hour front row forward, hero of my heart, 75 rolling average over the last month, Joseph Tarpany, brought in by 4.6% of coaches uh, with this origin period that we're in right now. Big Josh, Papa, uh, Josh Papali not playing much minutes or playing limited minutes. Uh, Tarpany just in career best form right now. Yeah, we spoke about it last night. He's another guy that I could get this week if I want to and definitely someone that's on the radar. I totally get it, to be honest. If, if you want a great dual position guy that you can plug in your front row, which isn't the easiest position this season, then he's definitely at least one of the top two guys for that slot. 3.5% of coaches must have been sleeping on Nathan Cleary, but they are getting him at 777K. He's lost nearly 200K this year, but he's still by far and away the best halfback option. And 3.5% of teams only just bringing him in, but uh, it's it's money well spent, I think, even though we are in the origin period. They must have sold pre-buy Had to. to do some moves, I'd say, because the... There's a lot of dormant sides out there, so I don't think they've popped their head back into trade Clary in. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. I'm surprised by that. My rank is sitting obviously quite nice at 100, and it's not 127 on the screen. I need to change that. It's 179. Um, but it'd be so much higher if I owned Hamo Olakuatu, and, and one of the guys that I'm going to have to get, but I don't know if I can get him before round 17, and I'm probably going to have to wait on him, but he is just killing it left, right, and center. He is... An absolute stallion. I love that man. He's done me well the last few weeks. I love watching him play. Uh, get him as soon as you can, buddy. Yeah, it's he's just killing it, and I, and I need to to get my hand get get a hold of him. Um, I've got thirteen trades left, and I'm sort of now methodically picking apart who I want and who I don't want. Um, and Hamwell is definitely in the in the category of who I do want. Uh, number seven, a guy that has fluctuated in and out of that list. He's been in my final in my final run home side. He hasn't been. South don't have a great run home, which is why I'm selling Cody Walker um, in round 19. And it's Campbell Graham. Now, the saving grace with Campbell Graham is his exceptionally high floor. Has a really good base power and obviously has the upside. Now that South are looking to click more left, AJ scores are going up. Cody scores are staying sort of consistently around 60. And Campbell Graham, he's just going peaks, uh, peaks to... He's going peaks and troughs above the rest. My concern with Campbell Graham is Katoni Staggs and his sittings in Brad Fittler's eyes. Um, do they pick Katoni Staggs? Do they pick Matt Burden? Or is Campbell Graham the guy to come in? But it hasn't bothered three point or 3.0% of coaches. So 3% of coaches have brought Campbell Graham in. 
And he's a guy that I'm really petrified not owning, but I'm not too sure if I can shell out the 630K with so many unknowns moving forward. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. He's he's not for me purely because I don't trust South Sydney this year. But as you said, very high base. Since he's switched over to the left, his performances have been outrageous. He's just, you know, got Cody feeding him and he's feeding AJ out on the wing. So I certainly understand the purchase. I don't knock anyone for it. I just make sure you got the trades up your sleeve at the back end because South's run home is bad. I did not realize that Pappy was still 930K. It's it's an eye-watering amount of money, but he, he is the best fullback option. I would say, like it's fully fit. I think it's it's not close. Pappenhausen has been absolutely killing it when he was fit. Uh, it's interesting that he has a red dot next to his name. Um, teams are taking the chance, and that's three percent of teams taking the chance that Pappenhausen will be named. Thankfully, the Storm played pretty early on in the week. Uh, at nine hundred and thirty k, he's a guy that I'm really looking at. But as I said at the top of the show, coming off the back of a hemi, I'm not sh- I'm not sold. And if he isn't goal kicking, if Bellamy just wants to you know ease him back in and have Nick Meany take the tee. Uh, he's probably a touch overpriced if he isn't goal kicking. Yeah, everyone should not get Pappenhausen. Just wait. Just just wait till say round 18, 19. Let Pappy come back, ease his way back in. Maybe I'll drop a little bit of money for you. A guy that I'm definitely looking to have <laughs> round 17, but I just I just want to see how he bounces back. I want to see if he's kicking. I want to see how the hemi pulls up. Um, I think the physio said uh, the first week or two back from hemi injury is the highest chance of a re-injury. So I think he's got a pretty high break even as well. So I do want to hold off, but if you do buy, I'm not saying not to buy because if you do buy, he could be a huge, huge pod move uh, and he could definitely send you up the rankings, but it just does come with a bit of caution. Uh, number nine was the man who you talked me onto last week. You haven't, I'm sure you'll admit you haven't got much right this year, but talking me onto big Ronaldo Molotalo definitely paid dividends. Currently 634K, had a 70 break even last week, still trounced that. Uh, and South, not South, the Sharks are in the midst of this pretty good run. They play the Titans this week who... We know that they love to leak some points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah, Ronnie, I completely get picking up Mortello. I was high on him last week. I'm still high on him this week. Considering getting him this week, I might have to sell a gun to do it, but I'm considering it. Um, yeah, by him or, or even by Katoa. They're yeah. You're, both, you're keen both, on Katoa. I am keen on Katoa, actually. Now that everyone jumped on Mortello, I'm, I'm looking at Katoa for 120K roughly. I think it is cheaper and, you know, as I said, that if they're both – I think they've both scored 14 tries or 15 tries or whatever it is this season. So they're going both sides equally. Ronaldo seems to get a bit more of a flaw, um, you know, through more consistency. But um, Katoa's electric, so he's, he's definitely got it in him. I, I had Katoa to end last year and it, he didn't let me down. I, he scored quite a few tons in the last six to eight weeks and I'm thinking about, you know, double-deucing. Yeah, on, on their best day, they both have the same ceiling. Uh, on their worst day, though, Ronaldo probably just edges Katoa with the with the floor. Uh, and number 10, basically everything that we said about Campbell Graham, having a great floor, having uh, you know a solid work rate, throw that out the window with AJ. You're buying AJ for his try-scoring ability. And we saw what he could do last year. When Souths clicked, AJ scored something like 15 tries in four weeks or something ridiculous like that. And he went on that massive run, and it seems like we might be in the midst of uh, another AJ run. Yeah, he's he's Xavier Coates on heat, basically. Same player. You know, he's, he'll get you 10, 15 points or he'll get you 140 points. It's just with AJ, he does it a lot more consistently at the higher end and that's because he's on a very experienced lethal left edge. So I get it, but he's very highly priced and I just don't think it's 2021 anymore and I can't pay that. 
640K he is, and that's not cheap for a guy that you're relying on try-scoring ability for. He's not like a Campbell Graham who at least has that 40, 45 floor in him. AJ, it's it's all rocks or diamonds. Uh, moving on to the most sold, number one is Payne Haas. Now, Payne's lost us 58K this year. Uh, currently 10% of coaches have, have sold him. Looks like his shoulders are hanging on by a thread in the midst of an origin period. Basically, all the reasons why I sold him about six weeks ago, and um, he hasn't hit the, the, the Payne Haas heights of rounds one to five. Is he a sell for you, or if you own him, is he just a guy that you hold because front row forward is pretty barren? It is barren. If you've got a real deep squad, say as you do, Josh, then yeah, I would. Uh, if you're in a position where you kind of – if you're more like me, like 10K and maybe don't have as deep a squad – I probably would sell, to be honest. I think there's higher upside players, and we obviously know that he's he's done one shoulder, now he's done the other shoulder. You know, last time he was named to play with the AC joint, he ended up injuring it properly and then missed time. You know, after that, who's to say the same thing doesn't happen again if they rush him back in this week and don't give him time to rest it up? Uh, for all the, the podcast listeners, they wouldn't have seen Bruce's uh, very evil smirk when mentioning don't buy Ryan Pappenhausen. The chat has just <laughs> the, the, the chat has just picked up on that, mate, and they are uh, they're saying do not trust Brew with that evil smirk. As a Pappenhausen owner yourself, like you are, you do have a leg up, and it's it's not a risk you have to take. But yeah, yeah it was sarcasm, guys. <laughs> Pappenhausen's a great own. I was I was being a dick basically and saying don't get him to eighteen for my own advantage. So. In summary, Payne Haas, it's very situational. If you need the points uh, and you need the sort of stability in your 17, then he's a trade. Oh, sorry, the, the, yeah. the, the, the other way around. If you, if you don't have much playability, um, you hold. If, you, if you've got plenty of depth, then you, you would move him on. Yeah. Cool. Uh, number two, Ewan Aiken, missing this week. Uh, 511K. Hasn't made... Has owners... been dropped? No, I or is think, there an I injury? Think, I think he might just be injured. I doubt he's dropped. He's one of the Warriors' best players. Um, but 6.5% okay. of coaches have traded him out. Um, he's been consistent, uh, but his, his appeal was always in the center wing. But now we've got guys like Tago, you've got Talakai, you've got Graham, you've got Molotalo, even like Lomax to an extent, like uh, Garrick. Like there's just so many other center wing options now that maybe Aiken's a little bit redundant. He's, yeah. not, he's not good enough to and be a 2RF and probably doesn't have the ceiling to be in one of those elite center wing teams. It's quite possible that some people have Tago, May, and Penasini from the, like pretty much from the start of the year. And that's three guys that you can play each and every week. If you then got, you know, a Mulatalo or a Garrick or one of these guys that a lot of people now own, there's no real need for it. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest running more than six playable center wings. Um, and you got four of them locked up with, like you said, like Tago May, um, Suwali, uh, Garrick, Molotalo. Like, there's plenty of names you can throw out, and I just don't think Aiken is in that bracket that that needs to be for your run home. Really good floor, good consistent, but unless he's scoring tries, he's not getting 100-plus, which is what the other guys will be doing. Number three most sold, Ben Trevojevic. Uh, somehow made owners 35K last week just despite scoring six, and he has made them just under 100K. It's not all doom and gloom, but... Burbo just a, a thorn in everyone's side. I feel like the the more and more that he hangs around that eighteenth, nineteenth man with the with the ability to be called up, it just ruins any looping chance. And as the year goes on and your squad becomes thinner because you start nothing out, Burbo's going to be one of those ones where it's just like a pain in your ass. Mm. Yeah, and he's he's lost that center spot now. I think he had won it, and it's unfortunate for him that he did his shoulder, but. 
the, their two centers are playing quite well at the moment. Even Harper, like obviously Harper was a turnstile for Talakai, you know, round seven or whatever it was, but he's been playing pretty good footy since he's come back. So I don't think Burbo is going to be anything more than a really bad AE. Yeah, no, I agree. Doubling up with Manly, with the Manly duo, uh, plenty of coaches to 3.3% of coaches to be exact. They're trading out Christian Tupelotu now. Uh, he's made 230k, a really, really good cash cow. He went through like a month where he was just scoring 70s for fun, but it looks like it's dried up a little bit, um, 400, 418k. Time to move on, uh, Tupelotu? Yeah, makes sense. He doesn't play the second buy. He's not a keeper, so cash him out whilst he's still got money to cash out. Believe it or not, with with the amount of tries that Xavier Coates scored and that massive stretch he went on, uh, Tupelotu was still more expensive than Xavier Coates. Xavier Coates at 398k uh, has still made a little bit of money, but coaches are moving him on now. Maybe after seeing that origin injury, maybe not having the trace do it last week, but moving on from Xavier Coates while he is out injured makes plenty of sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was hoping to get Coates later on, but not now after this injury. And he's supposed to be out for eight weeks, so it's a pretty extensive break. Brutal, brutal stuff. Good afternoon. This is your captain speaking. Weird one last week. You and I both vouched for Nico Hines until the cows came home, and then we both ended up on Nathan Cleary. We both changed late on Nathan Cleary, and I'll be honest, I, I don't see much changing this week. Cleary for me against the Warriors, a Warriors side who was in absolute disarray. I can't really go past him. However, if you were looking elsewhere... I uh, don't hate Cody or AJ versus the Dragons, just just going all that upside in the world. Um, uh, VC, but... Yeah, yeah, v- VC, of course, of course. Uh, and then I've got any Melbourne Storm spine player, 1679, Grant, Hughes, Pappenhausen, Munster. Pappenhausen. Like, just, just chuck it on anyone against this Broncos side who was absolutely decimated with injuries. Um, has Nico burnt you to put a VC back on him or against the Titans? Is he still worth a shout? Um... With my trades, I'm probably going to have Hines back with next to Cleary, so I probably won't be able to do that. Cleary's going to be my captain this week, um, obviously against the Warriors. I have to, and he played well last week, and you know he was probably ripped off of about 20 points there, so it could have been even bigger. So Pappy's going to be my vice, pending that he plays, of course, and Cleary's my easily my captain, but I certainly don't don't hate that move of, of Hines again this week. Yeah, what about, as a big pod move, with how poor the Eels played last week, getting behind your man, Tedesco? Um, the Roosters like playing Parramatta, but Teddy, from memory, in recent times, hasn't gone so well against him, so I'm not sure I would do that. Yeah. It's, it's, Some, I could be wrong on that. Someone can stat check that, but just like from my memory as a Roosters fan, I think... I know he's got one real big one against him, but I think over the last last three or four times we've played him, his scores have been a bit lower. So what do you, I don't what do you not think, high on it. What do you think if you're sitting in like seven thousandth to maybe fifteen thousandth, like you're 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 quite a way off the pack, is it worth you Captain Cleary? Or do you try and play it safe, Captain Cleary, and make up the ground elsewhere in your team, or do you just try and go all out with your captain choice? I think it's situational somewhat. I, I, I like to see how the round's going. See, last week I knew that I needed something, so I didn't have a lot to lose. I, I was probably definitely getting a red arrow if I didn't, you know, make a bold decision. So that's why I flipped mine to Cleary. I said, you know what, I need a Hail Mary. You know, Hines has got a really high C percentage. I'm, I'm going to go a different route. But it was a situational thing where I knew I was in a bad spot. So I, I wouldn't just go into the round and go, you know what, I'm I'm going to captain Matt Burton this week and just go all balls out like – 
because you could do that this week. He could very hey, easily uh, against, score against, 100 against plus this week. Against the Tigers, could, could, could be on for 200. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like to let the round go. So I, I, I don't hate an early VC, obviously, um, but I, I'm not a huge fan of the early captain. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I do understand that. Um, I think it's situational. Obviously, I think it's good. Like you and I being so far away from us in rankings, I think we get to cater for, I guess, a wide range of listeners. I'm sure there's there's plenty that are um, where I am and plenty where you are, and some in between. And and at this stage of the year, you and I are probably going to play the game very differently. Differently. I, I need to sort of hold ground, and you need to try and make up ground. So, um, mm-hmm. whereas me, I'm I'm just playing it safe. I'll be going on Cleary. Uh, I just think he is the most captained around the guys where where I'm ranked myself. Um, Let's move on to... Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. Mine are pretty short and sharp. Trading in this week, I've got... And trading out this week, I've also got... We're sitting I was pretty... waiting for a soundbite yeah, or something. Yeah, I didn't have anything there. prepared. <laughs> I, 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 sh- I should have had something. Um, but no, we're not making any trades this week. As I said at the top of the show, I have got ample amounts of depth. Uh, and most of my guys have pretty manageable break-evens. And no one really screams out that they're a buy. I want to take a punt on Pappenhausen. I mean, I guess I'll give you a list of the guys off the top of my head that I am looking at. Um, Clemmer. Um, David Fafita, if he comes back shortly. Uh, Cherry Evans for the run home, and I mainly have a good run home. Harry Grant, obviously. Campbell Graham, Zach Lomax, um, Pappenhausen, and Tedesco. They're really the only guys I'm looking at, and none of those guys are really screaming out to be bought this week. So I'm going to kind of sit firm, and um, I also do need to save a couple of trades because I've only got 13 left. And as I said, I've probably got six guys I'm targeting, um, and I could probably get those six in, in all kind of six trades. So... Yeah, we leave ourselves with maybe five or six trades from round nine, ten onwards, and I think that should be plenty to manage. But no trades on my end, my man. What about you? I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, so I really need a front row forward, and I need it's it very to hard. Build a, a build depth. It's very hard. B, to, I've got. It's very hard to to give trade advice now because lockout's been open for what <laughs> ten hours, if that. So it is it is very initial thoughts. Yeah, I, I I'm still trying to work out the best combinations. But at the moment, I'm looking to sell Sam Walker a little bit begrudgingly um, and Fletcher Baker um, going back to front row forward. I've got no depth. I've got no cash growth. I've got to stop playing Arrow. It's hurting me week in, week out. So I really need it. I've got 315K in the bank. So I'm looking at uh, Joe, Joe O. Um, You know, his number's pretty solid. Tigers have got a relatively simple draw. In the short term, gets a little bit harder around buy time, but I'm hoping that being in the lock position, that just might increase his base a little bit over those games. So he's one guy. Uh, Tamalolo, definitely. I think he's a steal. Um, doesn't play that buy, which annoys me, but I think as a season-based decision, taking him for like 125 grand cheaper than taking a, a Joe O is a better move because I think output-wise, they'll be at least similar. So why not take the extra cash growth? Uh, second trades, this is totally up in the air. I can either go the center route and, you know, I could get Ronnie Mortalo potentially. I could get Siani Katoa was one that I was looking at. But I'm thinking about going a little bit lefty here, a bit left field, taking a little bit of a pod and via Jules going Walker to Will Kennedy and passing on Mortalo. 
I love Will Kennedy. I, I absolutely love Will Kennedy. Shout out to Sav once again, getting a true shout outs on the show. I know he brought him in last week and yeah, it worked really well. He's 350K. He is cheap. Yeah. He is very- He wasn't on my radar, but when I went through and, and saw how he started the season, then I, I know that I think there was a send off in there. I can't remember what the other one was. He had two neg games in a row and that's just plummeted his price and I just sat there and went you know what 360 for a, a fullback in a top six side with a pretty juicy run worst case scenario plays the buy does love to get involved too. hopefully get some scores you know it's not really a fluke when you look at his scores he's getting he's either getting a try or, or he's getting one or two tries assists every week so I feel like floor wise it, it's not going to kill me but there's potential there for a bit of cash growth. And I feel like, you know, if I've got him and Ezra Mann making money, it might just give me some good moves with my final trades to get a Teddy, to to get Harry Grant back by Jules, something like that. So it's a little bit Hail Mary-ish, but it's Hail Mary-ish I with a to, bit though. of reasoning behind it. So I think that's the way I'm going to go this week. It's just which front row forward and Kennedy. I'm pretty locked in on Kennedy, to be honest. Like, what's, what's the point for you just to make safe trades? Like, it's not going to get you anywhere. No, and it's not how I play the game either. Like I had no trades for the last six rounds last year mm. and I still made up ground over that final period because I built a squad because I was in your kind of position where I, I made the right moves throughout the season and I made a lot of cash and I, I built the squad out. This year I haven't done that. I've had no cash growth. I, I've picked guys like Peoples that have died and, you know, held a, uh, he, the, the he, other held a, held a million-dollar fullback that did nothing for four weeks. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I could have sold perhaps and yeah. probably made a million bucks through other guys that I purchased, but I didn't do that. So I've made the wrong decisions a lot this year. So I'm just going to go hard or go home. Basically I, exactly. I, I'd rather finish 25, 30 K having a dig than I would, you know, not having a dig and just, you know, plowing out this boring finish home. It's not how I play the game. So that's, that's go the, hard or go home. That's the thing. Like when you look back on the season, when everyone asks, or oh, how, how, how you went, like what difference is it saying? Oh, I finished 7,500th to I finished 15,000th, you know, like it's not, much of a difference. It's not, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, just an ego thing. I'd rather have fun for the next, you know, hell, we're only halfway through the season if you think about it, yeah, really. Exactly, like, yeah, yeah. or just over, like, and there's still a long way to go. And well, that's, that's what I did last year. I'm going to have like, some fun doing it. I remember in, you last year. We are total flips last just year. Just bought in a bunch of random players going, last year. <laughs> I'm there going, oh, stressing because I'm up the pointy end and I'm flip flopping between, you know, 100th and 250 or whatever. And you're just there going, Ah, uh, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to bring you this bloke in I and like, hope for I the like, best. <laughs> I like the cut of Cody Ramsey's jib. Let's let's bring him in for the for the sake of it. Um, hey, let's take a quick two minute break, and we'll be back to give our hot takes for the round, and we'll answer a few listener questions. So stand stand by, and we'll be back in about two minutes. All right, we are back. We're going to round up with a few listener questions, a few hot takes, um, and yeah, basically it's been, it's been a good episode. It's it's fun this time of year because things change. It's very hard to pinpoint who like the the good buyers are like. Start of the season, it's pretty easy. If a cheapie gets named in like round five, then we all jump on for cash in. But yeah, teams are in such different spots now that like who knows what's going to happen. So I'm um, very, very keen to see, see how the how the season progresses. In for hot takes though, they have not progressed very well. Uh, last week we had drink water to be under 50. No. Uh, had DC to go like over 85, didn't play. And... I had someone. I think I had Cleary to go 100 plus, which he did, which was nice. Um, one day you had Cleary 130. Oh, 130. Roughly one, the score he should have scored. Uh, unfortunate. Um, this <laughs> this week, however, I've, 
you can tell who I own and who I don't own. Uh, I've got Hamwell Olakowatu under sixty-five. Hopefully the Cowboys. Boo. Hopefully the Cowboys defensive juggernaut can keep him at bay. Uh, I've gone your boy Ryan Pappenhausen with a comeback of the year with a hundred plus, which makes me sad because I'm not going to be buying him. But uh, what a narrative that could be! He comes back and uh, punishes everyone that didn't hold him for six weeks, like you. And Nico Hines with a bounce back of the ages with another hundred plus performance as well. Was that one of yours? <laughs> Two of mine. I can hold up my un, my untidy handwriting too. I had Paps to go 90 plus on his return. I had Heinz to score and score 120 plus this weekend. Uh, just because it's it's my thing now. I'm going Billy, Billy Army kick out to score a double this week because, you know, I'm going to keep putting that juju out there and riding the, the frustrating kick out train. Um, and I also got a little bit of a weird one, but, I like the Tigers at plus four this week. I think Ooh, after after the Bulldogs just after dec- that dogs after effort last they just week, decimated Parramatta. Correct. I think I just like that game to actually be a contest, and the Tigers to keep it close. Let's just say that I, I just used plus four for the betters out there, but um, yeah, I think it's going to be a real tight game that one. Their coach walked out. Their best player walked out. Luciano, like I mean, they get Adam Dewey back on the bench. That's cool, but I don't know. We're, we're just in shambles at the moment, and I've got absolutely no ideas to. Oh, th- thank God, there's some worse teams getting spoken about the media because we cough it left, right, and center. Um, I tell you what, though, like, is there's plenty, of, there's plenty of love in the chat. Is Karaz a play this week versus the Tigers? Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, it's like. Karaz can be a little bit rocks and diamonds. Like I remember on the buy round, he did nothing and it was so frustrating. And But last week, he he looked good. I guess it depends which Bulldog side turns up because that side that turned up last week was not the side we've seen for years. Now, uh, you and I got got into it on Twitter, a little bit of back and forth, which is always, <laughs> always good. Some people out there are needing some cheap players. There's not many cheapies emerging this week. And I put forward... Kelma Tuolagi. We're going back to the well that, that may have burnt us before. But with Luciano walking out and Tuolagi back starting, you're not a fan of picking him up on the cheap? No, I'm not, to be honest. Uh, maybe it's buyer's remorse, you know, from what he did to start this season. I just thought he was lazy, to be honest, when he played. He didn't look so, like didn't look like a workhorse. He kind of fell in and out of the contest. And I just feel like... I don't know what's going to be different this time around. It's not like he's playing for a position in that side next season that he wants to lock down like he's leaving the club. I I know he's cheap and obviously all that means is that if he finally crosses over the line, he's going to start generating cash. But, you know, I think there's a fair chance that he stays stalwart and doesn't make a whole lot and he's not going to be a comfortable play in your squad. So I'd rather avoid personally. So the chat has got a few like personal questions for their team, but I think if we maybe look at them in a broader spectrum, it might help a little bit. So someone asked Crichton to Hamole, but let's look at that from a broader spectrum. We brought in Crichton for the buy. Do we see him as a season-long keeper? Because he only scored 55 on the weekend in a rooster side that looked kind of iffy, but we know Crichton's got pedigree and, and hopefully he can get up for the big games. What are we doing with Angus Crichton moving forward? I'm just going to hold him for the season. That that was the purpose in which I bought him. I think also people need to remember, like I did say it, the Roosters have like a six-run week, like a, a six-run period of really bloody hard games. And, you know, they're nearing the back end of that. You know, they've got Parramatta this week who's just coming off a of flogging. So this week might be an easier contest for them. Roosters, you know, beat Parramatta a month ago, have a good record against them. This week might be a better week for Angus and the Roosters in general. 
next week they've got Penrith and, you know, if you can, maybe don't play in next week. But after that, Chook should start firing again going into the finals. So well, I think it's a sideways trade. That's the thing. Like, if you're not playing him, it's just I think there's just too much cash to be holding on to. That's why I'm looking at my side and being like, oh, do, do I make trades now just to trim the fat? Because I've got guys like um, Nat Butcher and, and, and Adam Elliott and Daniel Tupo that I'm not playing. That's $1.7 yeah, so million dollars the- of, of money. For you, those guys are upgrades, but those guys aren't really keepers. You're probably going to get to the point, you know, come come the end of that second buy where you're going to have 20 keepers in your sides. Every week you're going to be, you know, flexing guys in and out. And, you know, they might be priced at Angus's price. They might be priced at David Fafita's price. You don't know at that stage. I know at some points, I think there was one game last year to end last year that I sat, um, that I sat AJ out and he was worth like 800K at the end of last year. Yeah, true. That 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 that, that is fair. Um, Timmy Taylor wants to know: Can we go on Brian Tai with a really low break even, despite owning May yes. and Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, look, to be honest, I, I would do it and I'd probably then get into the the mindset of which one of Tago and May am I going to sell for the run home and just own two of them. But I, I don't really think Tottenham is going to get much cheaper than what he is right what is, now. What and, is their draw? They, they, they play the Warriors this week. They play the Roosters next week. And then in the bye, they don't play. And then for the run home, they're going to have the Tigers. I think it's an up and down, the, the, I think, their run home. The Tigers, the Sharks. The Sharks can leak some points. The Eels, they can leak some points. points. Then they've got the... Sorry, stalling for some time. My eyes are shot. I think uh, they've got Cowboys, Broncos, Storm in there. Uh, Raiders... Then they've got the Storm, then they've got the Bunnies and the Warriors. It's a great last three weeks. Yeah, and the Cowboys. Brian Toto is a guy that, like, when I said before, I I plan to have, like, five or six trades for the run home. Um, If we can get to, like, round 22, and I haven't used those five because of injuries, that's kind of a luxury trade that I'll make to definitely get him in. Uh, I might be paying a little bit more than what I am now, but Brian Toto is a guy, if, if... Penrith click them, and they look like they're clicking on both sides now. Stephen Crichton's getting more and more involved, and clear he's floating across both sides. Toto is a guy that I really want. Oh, yeah, exactly. And Cleary's playing a lot more right side this season, and I find that Luai is owning the left a little bit more. You've got Kikau doing a bit of ball playing on that side as well, and um, old mate at the back's doing a bit of the the sweeping. So they, they do feel like they're a juggernaut on both sides now. So... Someone, I don't think it's... Someone just mentioned 3% ownership. Oh, man, I'm telling you, if, like, it probably is a little bit of a luxury trade this week, given that he doesn't play the buy, he does play Origin, et cetera, et cetera. But if if you're a head-to-head player, for example, 100% get Toto. Like, we know this guy's pedigree. He was, like, priced at 800 and something to start the year or whatever it was, and that's for a reason. Yeah, and I guess that just goes hand-in-hand hand with the next question. Is Mater Toto sideways? I don't think it is, to be honest with you, because May, I don't know, like he's one of the leading try scorers in the comp, but most of his points are coming from from that, from those tries. 
it goes through a period where, you know, Tago takes the tries or Kikau takes the tries, it'll dry up. Whereas I don't think that's going to happen on the other side. I always think it's going to be Toto's the guy over there, more so than, say, even Crichton. Yeah, no, I agree. I do I do agree there. Um, they've got a three-headed dragon with Kikau, May, Tago on the left. And, and Luai himself, too. Even, yeah, like, even Luai yeah, loves right, to go yeah. himself. So on, on the right, it's just kind of clear air. Like, Liam Martin does get the occasional short ball close to the line. Um, but a lot of their players are designed for Brian Toto. Stephen Crichton is still a big enough threat that teams need to focus on, so the winger does jam on him a little bit, which leaves Toto wide open. Um, let's do a. Couple- and he's learned how to pass too. <laughs> he has. Let's do a couple more questions, and then we will finish up. If we could buy one of the, I guess, three best front row forward options, who would it be out of Tarpany, Clemmer, or Lolo? Um, for me, in my situation, I want Clemmer just for the round seventeen. But Joey Tarpany is is playing like some sensational footy. It's very hard to turn him down. It's just how much do you care about the round seventeen by? So for me, the order is Tarpany, um, who is uh, Tamalolo, and then third is Clemmer. Wow. Clemmer for me is just a very Aiden Tolman meat and potatoes, going to bang out sixty five points every week, give or take five points. Whereas I kind of like the other two, you know, dual options have a bit more attacking upside could when you say a head-to-head on any given week because they've got that option of going 90 or 110, whereas I don't think Clemmer's going to do that, to be honest with yeah. you. He might crash over for a try once a year. Tarpany scored 95 points with one line break assist, which is worth eight points. So he scored basically, what, 87 points? 80 in, in, 87 yeah. points in base power. Yeah, he's a freak. <laughs> which, is, which is ridiculous. Um, we'll do one more question, and it's sort of a... It's a personal question, but this this lovely Samuel, he's ranked seven hundred eightieth. Shout out to you, good season. Would you hold? Would you? I guess this this is a, a wider thing because Payne Haas is the most sold player this week. Would you hold Payne Haas and play Max King, or would you sell? And I don't think you can hold Payne Haas and not play him. Like I know that he's. Oh, I disagree. You, you you think you can hold, lose the cash, and then and then just play him anyway? Like if you're ranked seven hundred eightieth. I think you just cash in, get a better asset, and try and bring him back when the shoulder's better and the minutes are more consistent and potentially maybe cheaper. I think it's a very squad-based question, this one. It depends what his squad is. But looking at it holistically, like if he's got a little bit of depth there, I don't think King and Haas are going to be too differently, you know, points-wise. I think they'll be quite similar this week. Well, then wouldn't you just, Haas, sell, wouldn't you just sell Haas then? Because if you're going to get the same output, wouldn't you just play King, sell Haas, have King as your second to RF and look to upgrade elsewhere? Because like Haas's 530K is doing you no favours off the bench. It's not now, but what will it do at the pointy end? When people run out of trades, maybe Haas finds a bit of form, goes on a run, you still own him, others can't get him. Yeah, that's kind of what I think about. Is he a guy that's going to kill you? This is the reason why you and I didn't start with him to start the season. Like this is the reason he's why. not going to kill you. Well, then, then, then that's why I'm thinking maybe you just sell him because he's not like a he's not like a. Let's say Ronaldo Molitalo was out for two weeks. I'd 100% hold. I was holding Talakai because he was out for two weeks because he's a guy that is going to have like immense upside. And Payne Haas is going to get you 70 points, 75 points on his day. Awesome. That's not going to win or lose you a head-to-head, I don't feel. Like if I'm if I'm 100 points ahead with one player to come on the opposition team and they've got Payne Haas, I'm not scared. If I'm 100 points ahead and they've got Ronaldo Molotalo or any high-ceiling player, I'm petrified. And I just think that like Payne Haas, yeah, he's safe. But if you think... Max King is five points worse long term. Then I would just be hold. Oh, I would just be selling Payne Haas. It's that, a fair argument. Just, yeah, I think it's it's very team situational it's as just, you said. Yeah, but Payne Haas doesn't strike fear into me as, as a non-owner right now. 
and he doesn't look to be doing it anytime soon. No, and I completely agree on all those points. I was just talking about as a depth piece yeah, no, might I, come I, in handy I, I, if you're playing it. overall. Um, let's let's quickly talk by plenty before we wrap up. Uh, some people in the chat want to know what we should be looking <laughs> at, and I don't think round seventeen is anywhere near as big as what round what 13 was. Let me pull up my side and, and you'll pull up yours. And I haven't done a whole lot of planning for round 17. I, I will go at it pretty hard next week and the week after. Um, but ideally, if I could have 10 or 11, I'd be laughing. Um, right now, I have one, two, three. Are we? Let's not count. I'm not going to count Madison. So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six right now, and that's not counting Madison or Nico Hines. Um, so if, if I can get another four guys in, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Hold on. I've got to recount. I don't know if I counted Heinz or not. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, Jeez, 10, keep counting. 11, 12. Well, i got 12 or 13, to be honest. Sure. I'm quite well set up. Um, it just depends. See, Heinz, if he's 18, obviously he's One not going to play that round. I've got Trent Peoples, who oh, I'm not counting Peoples. I didn't I didn't count him in my numbers, but potentially, you know, you never know, could get named there. And then I've got Jai Arrow, who's in a similar situation to Nico, where he's kind of in that 18th, 19th man for rep duties. So I, let's go. I've got 11 or 12 yeah, to that's be safe. Fair. I'm happy with 10 or 11. Um, I think that's kind of the sweet spot. Whereas like people had 13, 14 for round 13 because – you and I, we touched on this. Um, around the earlier buy round, I think you can go harder at because you don't have to be, you're not stuck with them as season keepers. Um, whereas round 17, with trades getting thin, I wouldn't be trading in guys for the sake of it. Hence why I'm not going to be probably looking at trading in guys like Joe Offengowie or guys like Luke Garner. I just don't think I'm in the position to have the trades to trade them back out. So I'm probably going to go a little bit less in round 17. And that's exactly why I'm say, sitting there this week going, I, I don't know which direction I can go. Like, I could have 17 guys if I wanted to for the second buy. Yeah. Get a really big green arrow, maybe finish strong, but I'm going to get stuck, 100% get stuck with guys that I maybe don't necessarily want for the season. So it's, yeah, it's, I should probably just aim for 14, and 14 is probably a good number for the buy, and I've almost got that. So. I think it's, it's interesting. It's the strength. It's the overall there's, strength there's, of, of the of the guys you have and guys you bring correct. in. Correct. Because in that first buy, I had decent numbers, but some of them were just real, like a waste of space numbers that scored me bugger all. And don't get me wrong, I've still got some of them for this buy, like Wishart, for example. He'd probably play that buy, but he'll probably score me six points. So it's useless. Yeah. It's basically like not even having a number. So, yeah, I, I'd aim for probably 12 is probably a, a solid number. If you can get to that 14 type area, wonderful, but just don't, don't tear your team apart for that second buy. Cause it will hurt you on the way home. And for the sake of one week, you got eight weeks that follow it. Be happy in the eight weeks that follow it. I'm getting slammed for squinting very hard looking at my phone because people, I guess people don't see that side of me. People forget. I only have one eye. <laughs> I'm blind in my left eye. So I, I've only got use of one eye. So don't slam me too hard. Um, but when it comes to buys, yeah, I think it's situational. Like I'm only bringing in, the big guns, um, the, the guys that I see as season-long keepers, whereas you, like, you might want to go 15, 16, 17 to try and boost up, and then you might be able to hold on to that, try and get, like, a top 5K finish. So uh, I, I do think it's situational um, in in terms of, like, whatever happens. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's going to that's gonna kind of do it for us today, man. I'm really, really happy with, with today's podcast. It's been good. It's the, the, the later in the season that we get, the more... I think tactical, we'd look at it rather than just like player base. Like rounds one to six, 
we just go, yeah, we just buy this player. Why? Because they're cheap and they play. Whereas now, I think we sort of have to break down our buyers and, and work out. Like, for example, that Payne Haas situation, we would not ever consider selling him in round six. But now there's like so many different factors that we've got to sort of look into with players. And I think trades become a lot more tactical now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I saw someone putting shit on me about tattoos in the in the stream. <laughs> made me laugh. I was like, to be honest with you, I haven't got any tattoos in like ten years, and I wish I never did. But you know, one. I was young and I was dumb, so there's a life lesson for you guys. I've only got one on my forearm. Um, but yeah, I think I think trades now. Yeah, trades just become way more tactical now, and and I think they require yep. like if you like for example, go ask Tim Moody who won it last year. Uh, he ummed and ahed over, and it sounds funny, but he ummed and ahed for days upon days over Sean Johnson versus Daly Cherry Evans, and that was what won him the title. And it can be small things like that that really separate your season. Um, I'm definitely not counting my rank right now. Like you said, we're only just over halfway through the season, so we could capitulate from here on in, and that's why I've got to be a little bit more sensible with my trades. Yeah, look, just... I think you just got to play what's in front of you. The minute you start trying to look too far ahead, you literally do and you, and you fall over in the process. So just step by step, take it at a time. If, if, it, if it seems like the smart decision, to be honest, it probably is. Yeah, and if don't, you're thinking, don't, yeah, don't should I do this? Like room. you probably shouldn't. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the thing. Like if, for example, if like Ronaldo Molotano last week, if he is one of the most popular targets, he's probably one of the most popular targets for a reason. Don't, buy a pod for the sake of buying someone for a pod. If you generally think someone is being overlooked, um, then then all aboard. But don't just buy someone because they're low ownership. Like, for example, Brian Toto. I think he's a perfect example. Yeah, he's low ownership. So but that, that doesn't mean he's a bad option. Um, but there's other guys there like that, that are low ownership that are just not worth my time. The other thing too is I think sometimes we, because we, we listen to like the ones that are really into Supercoach, we listen to podcasts, we listen to lots of podcasts and you'll probably get similar narratives across it. And I'm sure Mulatalo wasn't just popular on this pod last week. I'm sure a lot of the other pods did the same yeah. thing and said, you know, this guy. And it's because we we see the same data, but you know what? His actual rise in, in ownership wasn't that significant last week. So anyone that did jump on was actually a really big winner. And sometimes we look at it and go, oh shit, the podcast has said, you know, this name, now everyone's going to jump on. I'm not going to jump on. Check the numbers because you can see it. It's there on the app. He, I think going into Saturday, he'd only be purchased by like 3,500 people or 6,000 yeah. people or something, which we, is we, we would not be, many. We, we would be naive. Like I'm very thankful. I think, I think I've got, I would say, probably the largest platform in like all the podcasters and I'm very thankful for that. And I would be naive to say that I don't have an influence. If I told people to go out and buy Jack DeBellin, and I give all this bullshit reason as to why. I'm sure plenty of people would follow. So you have to, yeah, obviously you have to tread carefully as to, with the advice that you give. Um, but yeah, Ronaldo, he wasn't on my radar. You brought him to my attention. Uh, I went and listened to a few other podcasts, went and looked at his numbers, and yeah, we determined that he was a buy. So um, there is reasons as to why people suggest these players. And um, I guess there is a reason as to why some some coaches are successful year on year out is because they, they I guess they look deep into the numbers and it's I, I honestly I, I honestly think it's no better time right now um, than to be just a, a regular super coach player because there's so much wonderful content out there um, by a, a range of people that um, I think the average player now brew is a lot smarter than what they were five years ago. Hundred percent. We've got the information at our fingertips. It's so much harder to win it now um, than what it was, I guess, like even ten years ago when Supercoach started. Like your average, like your average guy at work that maybe looks at his team once a week now is just so much more 
in the know than what they were many years ago. And um, I think that's just down to the wonderful content that everyone out there provides. But I reckon that's going to wrap it up for us today, my man. Two podcasts back to back to back. A Monday game sort of threw us out of whack, and we're we're live two days in a row. Um, but we're going to like be preseason all over. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But we'll be back on. Oh god, is it a Sunday game this week? I Sunday. Should, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Sunday yep. game this week. Sunday. We'll, we'll be back Sunday to wrap up all the the wonderful happenings of the Supercoach world. Um, and yeah, I'm. Uh, mate, I was looking at Turbo the other. I was for some reason I was looking at Turbo, and it still baffles me that last year he had the same amount of scores under a hundred as he had over hundred ninety. Which was like four apiece. Which oh, I missed. I missed 2021 Super Coach, man. 2021 Super Coach was wild. Yeah, so do I. It was a great year <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons. Uh, you've been listening to the Dual Position Podcast. I've been the SC Whisperer, the host of this podcast. I'm joined as always by my wonderful co-host Brew SC22, coach of the Brew World Order. Um, yeah, get in touch with us on all the socials. Uh, we'll be be active and answering some questions. So hit us up wherever you like. Use your socials and we'll be there. Um, but as always, bye for now. Green arrows, guys. Go get them. Green See arrows. Let's get them. Bye. Good stuff, my man. Good pod, man. Good pod. That was good. Good banner. Good fun. All right. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 